0: It's one of those glib quips that circulates online, often emblazoned upon a JPEG of its alleged speaker, always maddeningly unaccompanied by any citation to any verifiable text. As is also very often the case, this particular APASU is frequently attributed to either Oscar Wilde or Winston Churchill. It's the zinger to the effect that, where Ireland is concerned, the problem is that the English won't learn the history and the Irish won't forget it. This gag is doubtless enjoying another lease of online life right now, smugly and or wearily circulated by those paying attention to the progress through the UK's legislature of what is known as the Northern Ireland Troubles Legacy and Reconciliation Bill. And seriously, if anyone can furnish direction to the original coinage of the English-Irish learn-forget line, please get in touch. It's driving me nuts. About 300 gunmen do the shooting from the endless maze of streets and alleyways that crisscross the Catholic areas of the city. To the soldiers of the One Queen's Regiment, areas like this in New Lodge are enemy territory. The troubles to bring matters briskly up to date was the conflict which beset Northern Ireland between roughly the late 1960s and the late 1990s. It was ugly, squalid and vicious, and no party directly involved. Republican paramilitaries, their loyalist counterparts, the British Army, the Royal Ulster Constabulary emerged from it glowing with virtue. More than 3,500 people were killed, more than half of them civilians, and most of those killings are still unsolved. Roughly 50,000 people were injured, uncountable numbers traumatised, incalculable damage done to homes and businesses. This is the regular Saturday afternoon shooting incident in Straban. The Good Friday Agreement of 1998 ended the large-scale organised violence, if not the sentiments which partially animated it. Just this week, a 13-year-old Protestant boy was badly beaten in Belfast in what the now-rebranded Police Service of Northern Ireland is treating as a sectarian hate crime. But ever since the Good Friday Agreement was agreed, there has been a squabble over what, if any, reckoning should be made with Northern Ireland's very recent history. The Northern Ireland Troubles Legacy and Reconciliation Bill is the UK government's attempt to end this argument. Inevitably, Northern Ireland being Northern Ireland, this has started several further subsidiary arguments. The headline provision of the bill will be the establishment of a body called the Independent Commission for Reconciliation and Information Recovery, or ICRIR. It will operate for five years and will examine, among other things, more than 1,000 of those still unsolved killings related to the Troubles. The idea is that those who cooperate with the ICRIR will become eligible for immunity from prosecution. Another provision of the bill will ban all future inquests relating to events which occurred within the Troubles. All of which is in the name of, to quote a couple of official UK government sources, moving on, or moving forward. From the perspective of the UK government, this is an understandable aspiration. The legal and political ramifications of the troubles have proved interminable, expensive and exhausting. At least one case is still in the works concerning the events of Bloody Sunday, 50 years ago this past January, when British soldiers shot 26 unarmed protesters protesters in Derry, 14 of them fatally. Last month, the UK's Ministry of Defence settled with relatives of nine people killed by the British Army in West Belfast the year before that. This bill is the pencil with which this government hopes to draw a line under the Northern Irish conflict. For Gareth, the announcement of a statute of limitations is not just about the past. It's about the paramilitaries still operating in his neighbourhood. In my community, the union's community, the the loyalist paramilitaries are still drug dealing. They're still extorting money. They're still involved in racketeering. Victims seem to be the problem in society now because we are wanting justice. We seem to be people saying to move forward, to move on with life. But what we're seeing is the paramilitaries being given legitimacy. The difficulty, well, a difficulty, is that this bill would only draw a line under some of it, and we've embarked on this metaphor now, too late to turn back, fail to erase the line which has already been drawn under the rest of it. Anybody already convicted of a Troubles-related crime is not eligible for the ICRIR's immunity, and vastly more paramilitaries have been convicted than have soldiers or police. Granted that most of the crimes of the troubles were committed by paramilitaries, and granted that certain of them nevertheless ended up in high office rather than breaking rocks in the hot sun, but suspicions that this bill is mostly an attempt, once and for all, to get the security services off the hook, are not without foundation. The bill will pass, even if it does get roughed up somewhat by the House of Lords. Though the Conservative Party's Commons majority has been whittled slightly by recent by-election defeats, it remains substantial. It was noticeable, however, that at the bill's third reading in the Commons earlier this week, not one MP from Northern Ireland voted for it. Not one representative of the Nationalist SDLP or the Independent Alliance or the the clue-in-the-name Democratic Unionists. We can probably also take as read that the Republican abstentionists Sinn Féin, had they acquiesced to take up the seven common seats they won in 2019, would have been unkeen on the bill as well. It would normally be quite the feat of diplomacy to get the complete spectrum of Northern Irish politics to agree on something. This UK government has done it, as it has done so much, by accident. For Monocle24, I'm Andrew Muller.